Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. And we are live. Dawn here with Romance Happy Hour. I'm joined by, of course, Dylan Crush and our guest authors, Heather Lauren and Lolo Page. Hello, ladies. How are you? Wonderful. Yay. And Dylan, it looks like you're at your cabin. I am. We got back from our trip and I am way behind on word count. And so I came up here by myself and I've been here since Monday night and I have to go home tomorrow. So I'm kind of sad. I'm all, I'm kind of a little jealous though, because I could use some like uninterrupted like writing time. What is that? What is that even like? Come to Minnesota, Dawn. I will I will take you to my spacious two-room cabin in and yeah. words. Well, luck hopefully now I can start planning trips like that. So yeah. Well, right before we went live, Dawn did tell me that she is not planning on coming through Minnesota on her way to Minnesota. And I'm just not sure how I feel about that. So. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, okay, but here's here's my reasoning, okay? So there is this place called Crater of the Diamonds National Park. And you can go and you can like pan for diamonds and then you get to keep them. And I have my lucky child with me. Um, so he's he's riding in the car with me. So I'm gonna be stopping there and he's gonna find me a million dollar diamond. And that's my real, you know. So. so you're going to share that with me, though, because if the reason you're not coming to see me is so that you can find <laughs> a diamond. Right. 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 Yeah, of course, Dylan. Of course. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> so what are you working on then? You're, you're writing. You're getting things done. I am. Um, I am working on. So if you guys remember Jingle Balls from last year, mm -hmm. I'm. I'm not sure how in the world we're going to be able to top but we've got a, another charity anthology that is coming out in october and that's what i'm working on right now is my short story for that so i can't do anything else about it yet because it's um it's not we we haven't put anything out the cover's not up the pre-order's not up or anything like that but it's gonna be a lot of fun so can you say how many, what, what the word count is for that short story? Yeah, it'll be the same as last year. So they're about um, 10,000 words. So they're just a, a little a short story, kind of a glimpse, but they're all around a common theme. And this year, I can tell you that we are supporting, um, last year we were all about the balls and this yeah. year we're all about the boobs. And so um, it'll be supporting breast cancer. Fun, yeah. Super awesome. awesome. Yeah. And they're all rom-com stories and so it'll be fun. Yeah. Holiday sure. related. So that's what I'm working on. And then after that, I have my next cowboy book that is due to my editor in August. So and then whiskey book. How far are you on that one? I'm gonna withhold comment on that because ah. you never know who's listening. So not as far as I would like, but it's right on track. Okay. <laughs> So basically this is, I'm going to pretend like this is another one of those situations where Dylan's like, I'm so far behind. I have nothing written on it. And then like a week later, she's like, oh, I'm done. 80,000 words. I'm done. I did it in a week. 
not how it goes, Don. You know that. You know better than that. <laughs> it totally is with you. <laughs> but I did, um, on the way back, I, I haven't had a chance even to talk about everything that's happened because I went yeah. to Wild Deadwood Reads and I stayed in the haunted brothel. Um, and then I went to North Carolina for a family wedding mm -hmm. and we toured a haunted state penitentiary that is now a moonshine mm -hmm. distillery. So there's been a lot going on. Yeah, I was going to ask how it went. It was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, the Wild Dead Wood, Wood Reads was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, our, our trip was a lot of fun. And then next weekend, I'm going to be in Peoria, Illinois. And I think Karen is on here. Karen is going to come say hi. Um, so I will be at Writers on the River in Peoria, Illinois next weekend. Fun. Yeah, I, was, like, I wasn't going to really go anywhere this summer. And then, and that'll, that'll do it. After that, I'm just done. After that, it's your turn because after that, you're going to be crossing the yeah. country, panning yeah. and shopping at Bucky's. So. Yeah, Bucky's. Those are our two. Well, the Big Texan too. Like those are the three oh. like highlights of the trip. Mm -hmm. The Big Texan too, because you got to get that steak. You know, you got to. Yes. Well, I'm not going to get that steak. There's no way in Hades I could ever eat that much. Maybe your whole family because there's yeah. a steak that looks like the Flintstone steak, right? With like the big. Yeah sticks out I of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely uh, drink there. The last time we were there, they have these boot shaped beers though. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to get one of those. Yeah. But well, we expect to see lots of pictures of your trip. So uh, your is probably not really, you're, you're kind of paused, right? And writing because you are moving and all that. I wish I was. I, I, <laughs> I wish I was, but I have some deadlines. So I'm, I'm only averaging about 1300 words a day, but I mean, I've only got about 10,000 words left to go. So, um, that's all I can manage to squeeze in. But, um, yeah, I'm writing Cowboys and Christmas trees cause it's due. I got to get it in as soon as possible. And then I have Alexa Jade book that's, that's coming out at the end of this month that I finished and, it's getting, I'm just getting it all situated and everything, but Cowboys and Christmas trees is fun. Cause it's, I, I feel like it's extra fun cause it's July. So it's like Christmas in July and I'm writing it. So yeah, Christmas yeah. music. <laughs> I'm sending out next week. What? I'm sending out the, um, read a cowboy book box. Yes. I was going to ask about that. Did you get my freebie? I did. Yeah. You've got a freebie in that. So I'm going to be putting those together as soon as I get home um, tomorrow. I'm going to be working on those. And so, nice. yeah. So one of Dawn's books is going to be in, in that yeah. box that's coming out. So now, will you tell me the goodies that you have inside? If I promise not to tell anybody ever. No. Um, and Why? I'm not just super mean. Everyone who is watching knows that Dawn cannot keep a secret, and especially <laughs> secrets. No, I can keep secrets. I For some reason, I just can't keep Dylan's secrets. Right, right. I just get really no, excited I about them. I can't so. tell Dawn anything because, <laughs> because Dawn, Dawn has a big mouth. I do. Only for Dylan's Only secrets, for me. Mm -hmm. Only for me. Yeah. But in my defense, I don't realize I'm I'm letting your secrets out. It kind of blows over my head when when you say this is a secret, and, and it, I guess I don't hear that part. Well, I don't think this is a secret. It's too exciting. I blame it on my hair color. I say don't tell anyone. Oh, don't oh don't tell right. anyone. So, well, so usually I don't. I just say, hey, Dylan, that one secret that that one thing that you told me, and then you're like, well, you just blew it out of the water. Right. Okay. All right. I'm done. I'm, we're done arguing about that. I mean, 
I do. Welcome I have a mother and Lola. We want to hear from you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome. Here for me. Hello to everyone who's tuning in. Um, I see a couple of people. I see somebody already asking about the view behind you, Lolo. So yes. you want to tell people where you are? Alaska. Yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> I'm at a. I'm on a. Let me tilt this little puppy for you. Can you see the ocean? It's right out there. It's yeah. probably too bright. I don't know. It's, oh, yeah. There it is. There's our boat. There's nice. our boat. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh oh. Yeah, no, we, we have a chance. Oh. So, yeah, it's boat only access. Actually. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, did you say, I thought you said you were in Homer. Are you outside of Homer on an island? We're across the bay. We're across the bay from Homer. Um, okay. Catchmack Bay run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. Three or four miles across the bay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been to Homer. We went there. My husband worked there a couple times, and then you know we went there. But uh, I've never been to Catchmack Bay. That's cool. That's awesome. So do well, you have a house? Have a cabin. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a cabin that's you know not even finished. I mean, you know, it's the it's a big joke. You know how it is in Alaska, where yeah, we've been working on a cabin for like twenty five years. You know, it's never finished, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Nice. That's, That's awesome. But we do have electricity, so I'm not off the grid. I can't say I'm off the grid. <laughs> so, yeah. But That's no good. water. Yeah. Oh, so no bathroom. You you have an outhouse. Mm, we have we have an outhouse that's attached to the cabin. Oh, so okay. We call it an in-house outhouse. Yeah. You know, so we don't okay. have to go outside where the bears are in the middle yeah. of the night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I feel bad for the outhouse, but if it's an in-house, that's <laughs> yeah, I'd be okay with that. Well, it's, a, it's a compost toilet, you know, so it's you know biodegradable and all that stuff. So. So I just want to tell all our viewers, because I was really excited to um, see your name on the list here, that she is a fellow Montana girl. Um, so I'm just loving that. Montana, Alaska, you know, the Pacific Northwest kind of situation here. I just love it all. So welcome. I'm super stoked to have you. By the way. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's fun. I'm glad to be here. And what about you, Heather? I'm here in super hot, sunny Arizona. Oh, it, it is, is so hot. hot. It is currently 109 degrees right now. Woo! Wow, yeah. And the sun is going down. It is mm -hmm. five, it's six here. And it is still 109 degrees here. So I'm going to ask wow. you, and I've always been curious about this. Can you actually fry an egg on a rock down there? <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, you have to try it and then report. To I, I do. My kids love that. <laughs> like, what? We can crack an egg outside? <laughs> I think we can. I mean, it I, probably. I mean, it, it is brutally, brutally hot. We, we've done, I mean, I grew up in Texas, and yeah, I mean, sometimes it gets so hot that I literally think you can fry an egg. I mean, it might not like fry like that, but. Yeah. Can you hear Give the sizzle? Minute. Give it a minute and you can hear the sizzle. Yeah. I think the sizzle is key. You got to hear that sizzle. I don't know. 
So what do you ladies write? I write steamy contemporary romance and romantic comedies. Yay. And Lolo? Is she frozen? Is it just me? Is it me? Um, you're you're kind of glitching. What is it wasn't Repeat me. the question again. It's glitching a little. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what? Do you She's do? asking him, what do you write, Lola? What do I write? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. We got that. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, well, a long time ago, I was a wildland firefighter for the U.S. Forest Service and the U.S. Bureau of Land Management. And um, when I retired from my day job, I wanted to be a writer. So I started writing about that time in my life that I um, really enjoyed, and that was the firefighting. So I write about wildland firefighting, and I um, started it started as chick lit, and I made it into romance. So I'm really glad I did that because I didn't know I'd love writing romance so much, but it's fun. I like yeah. it. So are your heroines typically female or or combination of both or male? Her heroines? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know what I meant. Yeah. Characters, main characters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Heroines. Yes. My, my main characters are primarily female firefighters. And, okay. um, yeah. And then in the first book, I did a smoke jumper. And for anyone who doesn't know what a smoke jumper is, they're the guys that jump out of perfectly good airplanes um, mm -hmm. next to a fire and they get in there and try to, you know, control it before it gets out of control. Yeah. Um, so in the second book I did, uh, um, oh, fire investigator. Um, so I'm trying to kind of shake it up as I go from book to book. And the next one's going to be back to smoke jumpers again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm having a good time doing this. Yeah, smoke jumpers in Montana are like the elite of the elite over there. You know, you gotta yeah. So they come I, on Zuli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that, why don't we have you read some for us um, before we get too far gone on time here? So I'm gonna pop you up and um, and then go. We'll go from there. Just kind of give us a little wave or say I'm done when you're done and we'll pop back up. Okay. This one is from Alaska Spark, the first book. And um, it's a scene where um, the smoke jumper flies her into, he's a pilot, small plane pilot, and he flies her into Denali for the first time. And it's a workplace romance. So of course they're trying to resist each other, you know, while they work together, that kind of thing. A K-2 aviation plane landed and pulled up next to the Cessna. O'Connor, yelled the bushy-haired pilot, exiting the aircraft. Fancy meeting you here. Shouldn't you be jumping out of these things about now? He gestured at the Cessna as he strode toward them. Curly, my man, fine day for flying. Ryan extended a hand. Curly shook it and turned to Tara. You couldn't find better company than this guy? I'm Curly Thomas, K2 Aviation. I shuttle climbers in and out of Denali. Hi, I'm Tara. Stuck my thumb out and he gave me a ride, she teased back. You have good taste, O'Connor, Curly pointed at her camera. I'll take a photo of you, too, if you like. Her eyes darted at Ryan to gauge his reaction. Sure, get us with the plane and Denali in the background. Ryan motioned for her to stand next to him. 
She moved closer but kept some distance, like a shy high schooler posing for prom. Really filled with her camera. O'Connor, put your arm around her. Ryan hesitated. For once, she sensed he wasn't calm and relaxed. She decided to help him out, so she slipped an arm around his waist and smiled. It's okay, go ahead. No harm, right? Once Ryan had the green light, he snaked an arm around her shoulder and squeezed. She inhaled the scent of his coat leather and a warm current zapped her. Here she was, standing on a glacier next to one of the best-looking guys in Alaska alongside the tallest mountain in North America. Curly aimed the camera. Come on, O'Connor, plant one on her. You're on a friggin' glacier, for crying out loud. Doesn't get more romantic than this. Tara gave a jittery laugh. What's the deal with these aviation guys and their romance comments? Well, Waters, should I plant one on you? Ryan's baby blues searched hers, asking permission. She drew a short breath. Time stopped. Her heart became a rapid-fire symphonic bass drum, thundering her pulse at least up to 250. Hello, Tara, you in there? If you don't want to. She laughed, an unseen force strong-armed her to nod permission. Ryan leaned sideways and pressed his lips to her laughing mouth for all of maybe seven seconds, maybe eight. She tasted mint and her heart imploded. He lifted away like it was a touch-and-go landing and straightened. Curly peered at the images. Nice photos. He walked to Tara and returned her camera. You two look good together. Thanks. Staring straight ahead, she stood frozen like the glacier, licking her lips and tasting mint. Did that really happen? See you after fire season, O'Connor. Nice meeting you, Tara. Curly's voice faded as he walked back to his plane to help his clients unload the last of their mountain climbing equipment. Thanks, Curly. Have a good one, Ryan hollered after him. He didn't seem in a rush to let go of Tara's shoulder. Good to meet you. She waved a mechanical goodbye at a loss for what to do or say now. They stood still as stones, watching Curly's wheeled skis lift from the glacier. The plane drowned out all sound until it rose and banked right. The wind caught the sun's reflection as the plane gained altitude and grew small in the forever sky. You know, said Ryan, dropping his arm from her shoulder, I can do better. She thought he meant taking off from the glacier. So how do you plan to, like this? His arms pulled her close as he swooped in for another landing. He brushed his lips over hers and lifted off and touched down again to explore her upper lip. He slid his lips to her lower one. Holy criminies, he sure knows how to kiss. The smell of ice and mountain air and the scent of his leather jacket spun her heart into a fireball, despite her best effort into talking herself out of him. Heat seared through her veins and every cell in her body ignited. Can I melt on a glacier? Why, yes, it seems I can. This next one is from the second book, Alaska Inferno. Do I have time? Do I still have time? No, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Oh, I, I thought you were done, but yeah, go, go for oh. it. Yay. Yeah, this, this one's short. This is second book. Um, they just went through, uh, Liz and John just went through, they drove down the Kenai Peninsula Highway, was on fire. They gone through this gauntlet. They went through all this hair-raising, near-death stuff. And they're um, trying to figure a way to get out. John let out a long, exhausted sigh. Cut the engine. We have to get to the clearing. He glanced at her bloodied side. I need to check that wound. Take off your shirt. Liz switched off the ignition. Nice try, horn dog. Not in the mood for a striptease at the moment. 
She lifted her shirt high enough for him to see her cuts. Oh, you're no fun. He gave them a close inspection. Bleeding stopped. She leaned over to peer at his side. I can't tell if yours has. We're out of water. You need hydration. He tilted his head back on the headrest, holding his side. The nighttime pain meds had kicked in, and he was drowsy. He'd hit his queasiness and dizziness the best he could after Roxanne had shot him in the side. He didn't want to alarm Liz. Now it was difficult. We need flares so Mel can spot us and land the helicopter. I used your flares, remember? Oh, forgot. Feels like we battled Scorch Beasts in a video game. He talked slow and winced, his brow furrowing. She peered at him. Your nightmare meds have kicked in. Or your nighttime meds have kicked in. Stay here while I go to the clearing and watch for Mel. How will you signal him in? John peered at the tendrils of smoke rising from the blackened landscape. Smoke still hung in the air, though not as thick. She stared at him. I'll make a fire. Yeah, we could use more fire. He gave her an exasperated grin. Well, why not? We're on the precipice of down there. The irony twitched his mouth, but it hurt too much to laugh. At least it sidetracked his mind from his pain for a millisecond. He wanted to lift Liz's spirits before the next crocodile popped its head out of a hole. Okay, let's review the insanity here. You spent the day fighting fire only to escape another fire when my ex tried to kill you. Then she tried to kill you again, but she shot me instead. After that, dragon fire monsters and predaceous trees attacked us and tried to eat our truck. He put a palm on his forehead and let out a long sigh and grimaced. We survived the whole bloody ordeal only to find we couldn't get to Mount Doom to toss in the ring because the flying monkeys blocked us with Maleficent's black forest. He gestured at the spruce trees pitched in every direction except straight up. Liz gave him an in insane look then burst out laughing, clutching her side. You sure you only took acetaminophen and not a hallucinogen? Well, that grand spiel wore him out. He heaved out a painful sigh. Tell me this was just a video game. Her laughter energized his drained battery. He wanted to gather her up and carry her off somewhere safe, make passionate love to her, but he could hardly move. You've always made me laugh. She unbuckled her seatbelt, leaned across the console, and kissed him full on the lips. This took him by surprise, but not enough to prevent his tongue from easing into her mouth, even though his side felt like gremlins were in there chewing on it. His mouth was Her mouth was an elixir for his pain. She tasted good. He shifted closer, but searing pain pierced him. He broke the kiss and winced. She winced right along with him, holding her own side. Helping you when you're injured is getting to be routine. I'm having deja vu all over the place. Okay, it was time he told her. Let her know in case something else, something bad happened. At the rate they were going, Mother Nature could toss anything in the mix, including flying monkeys. He clasped her hand in a solid grip. You ever notice we've been inside each other's heads from day one like a Spocky and mind meld? Ha, I like that about us. He took a breath. I love that about us because I love you. He studied her watery chocolate eyes. A deafening silence knocked around like a black hole had sucked up all sound inside the truck. Their breaths were all that broke the quiet. She spoke haltingly. So, we've graduated from main squeeze status. I'd say our main squeeze status has definitely inched up a notch or two. You've just complicated my life, she whispered, a catch in her voice. He caressed her thigh. I figured as much, just as you've complicated mine. How have I complicated yours? His face twisted into a smirk. Seriously? Oh, that's right. Darth Roxanne. 
She glanced at his once yellow sleeve, now wearing the remnants of the Crane Lake fire. She rested her hand over his. I'm still trying to process things. I get it. That was a heavy thing to lay on you. I wanted you to know in case I heard a brown bear stampedes us or a fire-breathing <clears throat> dragon swoops down again. She stared at him. Lots going on right now. How about we get out of here first? She opened her door. Leave the headlights on high beam. Mel can spot them by some divine miracle. John opened his door to a lungful of smoke. Mmm, I love the smell of a burned forest in the evening. He knew his I love you timing sucked, but he'd felt compelled to tell her in case more stuff happened. His only regret? Not telling her a long time ago. Done. Very good. Very good. Thanks. <laughs> so you write these books from experience. And I see that well, Kay Kennedy, um, she posted as well. She's a, she's a prior firefighter. It's chick firefighter. I love chick firefighters. They're the kick-ass herons. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you write from experience, correct? Mostly, yeah. yes. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I was, I was actually, I wanted to, this is my question before we get <laughs> to other people's questions. A few months ago, I read an article about a female fire uh, smoke jumper. Is that you? Oh, no. I, <laughs> I was like, if it was, I was going to be like, hell yeah, girl. You go, girl. But I'm sure, oh, like, oh, man, you should write your stories. Oh, man. Well, a smoke jumper has to be able to carry 85 plus pounds. You've got to carry some major poundage. And, yeah. you know, I, I struggled with 50 to 55. Deanna Schulman was the first female smoke jumper out of McCall, Idaho. And she just rocked it. She did great. She's And she's still, I think she's still jumping. But others have um, as well. So, yeah. hey, I'll tell you, any woman that can get through that training because Marines that have been through that training said that smoke jumping training kicked their butt far more than boot camp ever did in the Marines. Yeah. So, yeah, so pretty intense. Little known fact, Coast Guard actually comes and trains with the smoke jumpers as well. Um, I didn't oh. even know that because my husband's Coast Guard and I was Coast Guard as well. But um, I didn't know that until um, one, one of my readers, um, probably my first ever like like fan, um, was tell her I was talking to her and her husband when we met up for coffee, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I went through uh, Missoula and trained with the smoke jumpers," and I'm like, "That's way cool." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, just, just well, so you know, the military side note is, yeah. Before I worked at the smoke jump center, I dated a couple of them, so I kind of knew that part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. And it always helps when you're going to, you know, later on in life, write romance to know what you're talking about. So. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, if I had known that I was going to write romance, I, I would have made different choices way back when. <laughs> yes, I think everybody I would know. have. I wouldn't have been a, a business major. I, I would have done something super exciting instead. But. Uh -huh. Well, I, I would have gone out with a lot more people. Why didn't I go out with more people? Then I would have known more, you know, yeah. I would have dated a prince. I'm just saying, you know. To, to write that insider royalty. Yeah. Yep. And also have all the money. 
Well, my husband was a firefighter, but he was on a different crew in Missoula. Ah, uh, yeah. My husband has done firefighting, just shipboard firefighting. Um, but he is like, uh, he's looking into doing volunteer there in Missoula once we retire over there. So, yeah. But it, it's a whole different world, this, the uh, forest fires versus city fires. And I know that even the city firefighters go out and fight the forest fires there. Um, we had a, yes. a neighbor that did that quite often. So, yeah. Yeah, California is the poster child for uh, rural-urban interface. And they're cross-trained, you know, into mm -hmm. structural and structural is cross-trained into wildland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, tell us, um, uh, Dylan, do we have any more questions? Yeah. Um, Karen said it's date night. So she's laying, laying off the questions tonight. So um, so we don't have like a barrage of questions ready, but Linda has one and I'll pop it up there. Um, and this is for both of you. Um, do you see writing as a spiritual or a therapeutic experience or both? So Heather, you want to take that one first? Go ahead, Heather. Okay, I'm gonna lean towards therapeutic, although I, I hustle when I write. Like when you guys are talking about your cabins and all this serene, quiet time <laughs> writing, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like even, even in the middle of the night, like I do a lot of nighttime writing. So um, me being able to escape from the day-to-day -day into a story and into those characters is fun and exciting to me, but I usually have to stop and change a diaper or get a snack or a mm -hmm. water bottle. So I don't know what the, what I can't say spiritual, but maybe someday I would love to go on a writing retreat and just write. That's yeah. amazing. Girl, I'm with you. I, you know, wake up at 4.30 typically, but the other day, like I woke up at two and couldn't get back to sleep and I'm like, damn it, gonna get up and write. So it's either that or I gotta go to the splash pad and let my kids play while I get in some words, you know, <laughs> I get that. Good idea. Thank you, diapers. It's not always like this, Heather, just so you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, uh, I have three kids and a husband at home and two dogs and two cats. And so, yeah, it's not always this way. It just worked out. I, I get to sneak away every once in a while up to the cabin and and then hunker. Yeah, that's usually when she's like on so much of a deadline that um, it's either go to the cabin or kill her family. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> and my kids are older now too, so they can actually most of the time feed themselves. Yeah, always. <laughs> Most of the time, but I'm I'm done wiping bottoms. That that part is over for me. It's, I mean, it should be for forever. I, because I think my, that if, but I feel like if you're changing diapers and still being an author and successful, then like you've got a leg up on the rest of us for sure. Because like <laughs> diaper changing, that kind of that age. Whew. My youngest is seven, and I'm already just like. It's tough. Yeah. So how about you, Lola? Can you see writing as a spiritual or therapeutic experience or neither? Well, I like to copy what Margaret Atwood said one time. She goes, I write to find out what I think. Or I don't know. A lot of authors say that, right? But I, you know, because I, I didn't realize I wrote myself, a lot of myself and what I thought in that first book until a friend of mine, she read it. She goes, oh, my gosh that's you in there. And I'm like, really? really? 
Oh my God. <laughs> but you do, you don't mean to do it, but it just sort yeah. of happens, I think, you know? Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I like to do it to escape a lot of times, you know, like, like Heather was saying, I like to escape into the story and see where I go with it, you know, and I, I love action adventure stuff and I have an acting background. So I like to make things really dramatic, you know, it's so, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see. I think another one. Well, it was, let's see. Rebecca wants to know who was the best character you wrote? The one that stands out to you. Oh, mm. easy. I, I'll go because that's super easy for me. Surprisingly um, in black velvet and lace, which is book two in the empire Records series. Charlie James is, super channeled with her shyness and her introvert ways, but she hates that about herself. So the whole book is a great um, development for her to go from super shy to putting herself out there. Now, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I find super hard to believe because I'm in some other groups with you and you are always putting yourself out there. Yeah. Well, you know what they say about putting yourself in, out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been like that, the Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man, mm -hmm. ever since I pushed publish. I'll, so if I see something that might get, um, might get myself out there, that someone might give my books a chance. Yes. Yep. Yes, man. Yeah. Yes. 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 And then I come on here and I'm super nervous and sweaty. <laughs> We we have the best viewers ever and I mean they have rolled yeah. with so many punches. There are times when Dawn and I couldn't hear each other and so like our viewers in the comments were telling us what the other one was saying. I mean it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just roll with it. Like you know software, cool. it's super reliable. We roll with it. <laughs> So is there a character that stood out for you, Lolo? Oh, yeah. Um, in book two, my fire investigator, he messed up really bad in the first book. And he almost got his crew killed. So coming back from that, I had to start from a really low point with his character arc through the whole thing. And it, it was really a good learning experience for me because, you know, I always try to have themes in my books. Like in the first one, I had two which was family doesn't have to be blood and you don't have to prove yourself to be loved. And in the second one, um, I have redemption as a theme and self-forgiveness, forgiveness of self, you know, and what you, for screwing up and things like that. So yeah, I really like John Silva. He's kinda, I, I really had a good time writing him. So when you have these themes, do they just develop or do you have it in your like out plot outline to for the book? I've tried to establish him up front as some folks recommend, but I can't. It evolves as I'm writing, you know, as I'm going through the book and it's stuff just sort of jumps out. And then you're like, oh, oh, there we go. And then you grab hold of it and I put it on a sticky and I stick it on my monitor so that it's like my North Star navigation, you know, so I don't yeah. rabbit hole. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. I like that. Evolutionary. Yeah. So you're more of a pantser? No, I'm an outliner, but um, if I do go down some trails I hadn't planned on, which is always fun to do, 
you know, then I, then I, but no, I, I have to structure. I have to, I followed hero's journey in the first one. And then the mm -hmm. second one, I use Gwen Hayes beat sheet and one stop for writers plug for Angela Ackerman. I use their site for, um, the structure on my second one. Okay. Yeah, I love those books. If there are any writers watching, um, Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi, I think is how you say her last name. They have some awesome books for writers. I actually, um, I have one right here. This is not a commercial, but this is my favorite one. Yes. Um, it's yes. the Wound And this one, I mean, it just talks about when you talk about redeeming a character, um, I mean, it, it talks about all these different things that, you know, the wound that the character can have and then what flaws can develop and, and yeah. you into. Yeah. I didn't know they had a wound one. I got to be honest. Um, but I am big, like that's, I reference it all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the, uh, actually my favorite one. I, I have yeah. some other ones too, but that one's I my have favorite one. Emotion thesaurus. I can't see it now. I'm, I'm an idiot, but a emotion thesaurus and like that kind of, um, and then, and the, the one, oh gosh, I can't even, it's emotion. And then they have a bunch. They have like a yeah. thesaurus, um, an urban setting. Oh, yeah. They have all kinds of stuff. But oh, emotion amplifiers. That's okay. a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, are great resources. They're working on a conflict thesaurus now, mm -hmm. and um, Angela's <laughs> gathering her street team for that. So, in case you guys are interested in doing taking on another project, <laughs> yeah, always, <laughs> yeah, always taking yeah. on new projects. <laughs> well, I'm launching two other series, so it's like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? You know, but. And, and I just listened to a webinar the other day about staying in your lane once you figure out your niche, you know, stay with that, stay with that. But I, you know, you, you can't help but want to inch over into another one because there's so much fun to write. Yeah, that's what happened with me. And I, I'm not as shy to say Lexa Jade is my pseudonym. It's not. Because let me, let me ask you, how many of you know how to say my name? Raise your hand. Oh, to say what? my last name <laughs> nobody does nobody knows my last name my husband's like that's your flaw that's your first flaw was was using your real name it took me so about a hard. year yeah to be able to i mean i know how to say it but to remember not to screw it up like i had to think about how to pronounce it yeah it's ludicky Mm -hmm. Ludicky. I know most people probably say Ludeki, and that's what they automatically. Oh, it drives yeah. my husband crazy. It drives my husband well, crazy. But well, so. my real name wouldn't fit on the cover because it's a big long Norwegian name. So oh. I just used my maiden name, which was Paige, and you know, mm -hmm. it just happens to you know. So yeah. that worked out for fit. Yeah. 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 Well, um, we have one more question from Linda that. We can maybe get to that we real can. quick before yeah. Heather reads because we want to make sure we have lots of time to hear what awesomeness Heather has for us tonight. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Linda wants to know, do you feel it's important to have strong characters, mind-blowing plot twists, or an epic setting? Um, I will just jump the gun and say all of the above if you can, um, which yeah. is really hard. <laughs> but I know some some authors are more um, character driven. Some you know are more they write more plot driven stories. For both of you, what do you feel like like you do? I like to do character driven because 
if you don't care about what's going on in the first couple sentences, you know, you're not going to get invested. So I like to do that. And then I like to make Alaska a character. Uh, I always make Alaska a character in my books. So setting, character, and plot. But yeah. How about you, Heather? Um, I probably will come up with a plot or character first. Mm-hmm. So as much as I agree, yes, all of them are important, but I'm usually driven by a character and mm-hmm. then their world and then it all kind of comes out. But I like to I like to start with a plot, mm-hmm. like to know what um, adventure they're going to get on first. And then mm-hmm. their personalities kind of come with the territory in a way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy. I love hearing how other people yeah, for real. It's fascinating. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to Heather. Yes. Let's hear I from Heather. All right, Heather, you are up. Okay. I'm going to read from my rom-com. It is called Unswipe. It is about a dating app. It's an enemies to lovers romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be reading from my heroine's point of view, who is Parker. And she is the techie geek girl who came up with the concept and created the app. Who, um, And she has sold it and made enemies with the marketing guru she has to work with. This was it. The ultimate high. I couldn't stop the huge grin on my face and didn't want to. I reveled in the attention for the first time ever. Poppy was hugging me tight, and the room was filled with hoorays and great jobs. I was in a small room with a dozen people, and still I was physically aware of Xander less than a foot away. At first, I felt embarrassed that he was Green Lantern and that I kissed him. Not only that, but I danced for him. I should have felt remorse. I know I shouldn't want him to see me like that. He was unprofessional, and we were enemies after all. The thing is, I think I did. My body certainly did. I should have known he was Green Lantern because my body has always overheated when he's around. As much as I hated him, as soon as he opened his mouth, I lusted for him the moment I met him, both times. Congratulations, I think he says from across the room, with the damn smirk sitting pretty on that devilish face of his. There were at least three different conversations happening between us, but I mouthed the words, thank you, back. I felt the heat from his deep brown eyes from where I was standing across the room, the warmth running from his eyes that looked at my lips, then moved all the way down my body. I felt lost in the trance until a moment later when my phone vibrated and the loudest fart I have ever heard sounded through the room. Even with all the noise, everyone heard, and they all turned to look at me. The way I was feeling instantly shifted to embarrassment. And I turned and pulled my phone. I turned and pulled my phone out. Another two farts sounded before I could hit the decline button on my incoming call. I froze in place. And once the reality of what finally set in, I couldn't help but burst out laughing. Everyone joined me and glanced and me and glanced up. And I glanced up searching for Xander again. My my vision was spotted with tears. I was laughing so hard. And once my eyes locked on those gorgeous brown ones, I knew it was him. His poop-eating guilty grin was firmly in place. He got me back. His face morphed from cocky to his own laughter in a matter of seconds. 
It was as if he finally let down his ever-present facade and let himself enjoy the joke for what it was. I'm sure he was hoping for a fight, but he's out of luck. After a while, the room settled down and I was overwhelmed with people coming up to congratulate me with hugs and slaps on the back. Poppy popped champagne and Xander made a toast to Cassidy Parker, the woman with terrible people skills whose genius is going to bring millions of people together. Everyone lifted their glasses and cheered for me, but I couldn't take my eyes off the man who had just teased me in front of the entire room. As awful as the little speech was, his eyes burned into me me the entire time. It's probably just in my head, but I could swear he wanted to say more. Soon everyone headed out and back to work. It was going to be a late night for a few of us and all had to and we all had to start conversations with our match today. On the way back to the office, I pulled my phone out of my jeans pocket and laughed again at the ridiculous ringtone. Joke's on him, I'm keeping it. Swiping open the Seek Geek app, I log on and receive my match. Weird, there's two. Prince Charming and Studman1000 had been matched with Wonder Woman. I hadn't even opened the message from Stud yet and I, and I was already turned off. He clearly wasn't given advice from his user on his username. I think to myself and roll my eyes. I push open. I push open on my awaiting message. Studman 1000. Hey, Wonder Woman, looks like we're a match. I know I can't see you yet, but I'm really excited to get to know you. Where did you come up with the name? Are you a DC fan? Already your stud. I might actually throw up in my mouth. I wouldn't acknowledge that I'm the slightest bit disappointed that it can't be Xander because he would think it was me right away and he would be Green Lantern. Instead, I'm stuck with the, with the very reason I created the app in the first place. This guy, is app, ha, this guy has absolutely no game whatsoever and usually I would like that in a fellow nerd, but as a love interest, I'm already been down the disappointed road. My ex was my awkward best friend growing up, the super nerd next door and all his Pokemon glory. But once he went to college and got attention from someone other than me, all sense of superhero loyalty vanished. Ever the coward, he still asked me to marry him, only to tell me later it was because he thought he had to, not because he wanted to. So F these little boys. Darn algorithm letting me down already. What a lady parts block. Mama at least deserved to get some. I take a deep breath and open the notification for my coach or love lieutenant. Again, it's coded so we don't know who we're getting advice from. To try and keep things less awkward in the workplace, at least for now. Upon opening, I have a message too from username Mama Red knows, what, knows best. And I can't help but suspect it's none other than my best friend, Poppy. Leave it to her to come up with a super obvious and yet perfectly fitting username. I open the message to read it. Mama Red knows best. Hey there, lonely heart. Mama Red here to help you with all your man-seeking needs or ladies, depending on your preference. Don't you fear? I'm versed in all things confidence and sexy and will help with all the right things to say to get the ball rolling for you and your new boo. Holler at your mama and let me know when you can chat. Big boob tug coming at you virtually. Yep, definitely Poppy. I laughed to myself. It's not the algorithm's fault, but I know it. 
but I make a note of it on my iPad. As I sit at my desk, I want to know if there will be more, more of a pattern of people knowing each other who get paired. Puppy's been a wannabe love mentor for five years now. If she could help me, it would have happened by now, wouldn't it? Then again, I wouldn't have signed up if it, was, if it weren't for Xander's taunting me. And I've fought against all of Poppy's advice in the past, so maybe I should give some effort this time, even if it's just for beta purposes. I decide at that moment I'm going all in. I message Poppy, I mean Mama Red, and tell her all about the awful message from my match. Not a minute later, I have a new notification, and of course, she has a brilliant reply. So I copy, paste, change a few words to sound more like me, and send to Mr. Stud, and tuck my phone away. As I walk the hallway, I feel the heat of the sun streaming to the floor-to-ceiling windows on my on, and onto my skin. I suddenly feel warm, and the sensation reminds me of Xander, the way he looks at me, even when he's mad. It's so intense, it burns like the sun. I remember the first time we met and his face was masked and still the first thing I noticed were his eyes. Well, it was definitely the first thing my body noticed. My temperature might rise around him, but I would never consider anything, consider us anything but enemies. We're working well together now, but the ringtone prank earlier only makes me want to get even. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. Once upon a time, it would have crippled me in embarrassment but it didn't, and I realized for the first time how much I've changed. I need another prank, something that sends the same message, something that will upset him off without making him hate me. Glancing at my Apple Watch that is literally connected to my entire life, I see a message from Poppy. She's feeling a thrill of helping someone, which is no surprise. As I pass the break room, I glance and spot the fancy coffee machine. I stopped dead in my tracks. That light bulb is shining bright above my head and an evil smile creeping on my face. If there's one thing I know about Xander, it's that he loves coffee. Every morning, like clockwork, he comes into... Was that 10 minutes? Yeah, you're doing good. If you, oh. if you have a stopping point, you can, you can put us there. That's okay. good. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me unmute everybody else because I muted them here. There we go. There we go. And oh my gosh, hilarious. Can I just say, like, I love the nerd talk. I love, and you got me right away. I was like, okay, so Green Lantern, what were they doing that he was dressed up like Green Lantern? Can I just ask? That is in the very first chapter and I considered reading it, but I didn't. Um, they had so she sold the dating app the seat geek app to this over-the-top billionaire who forces them into these extravagant parties so when he comes to town he doesn't just have a party and make them come to it he makes them also dress up oh. so the first one that they went to they hadn't met yet and they were dressed up like their favorite superhero gotcha because i was like instantly interested by the way like why was he dressed up like Green Lantern? <laughs> you you got me at the fart. I was like, oh my yeah, gosh. Fart. Yeah. I thought, you know, of course, I thought at first that she that farted. Let one rip. And I was like, oh, that's like mortifying. That would be horrible. So I just thought it was just a ringtone um, yeah. for her sake. Yes. But yeah. no, that was uh, that was very funny. Yes, it's, full, it's full of pranks. It is not just that one. 
that funny. that was funny. No, but Don, <laughs> like Don pranked us when all of a sudden I was like looking at something over here, and then I noticed we were all on screen, and I was like, "Whoo!" <laughs> That's my subtle way. You said, "Let me know at ten minutes." So, like that was my subtle way of letting you know. <laughs> Good job. Okay, thank you. I probably should warn you next time. Well, uh, more close at least, because I mean, nobody knows what we could have been doing off camera. True. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. What's, well, <laughs> I'm glad you weren't doing anything embarrassing. Shouldn't be doing anything yeah. bad off camera. Still, um, I was like this. So yeah. Was, were you reading Karen's comments? Well, I accidentally clicked on something that I hadn't clicked on before, so I was confused. And then it was it was like the banners that we've had from other shows and so i thought that i had accidentally put one of those up <laughs> so, but yes um i saw um poor karen um yeah well we're glad we're you're here with us give us a question or two let's do that let's just say please karen um, we karen, love your question. Karen, question yeah karen almost got attacked by a raccoon on her picnic on a date i think she she and her husband do date night um every yeah. so often i actually I'm super inspired by that because I feel like my husband and I need to start doing date night like yeah. every six months at least. Um, <laughs> before hearing a raccoon, she had a question and yeah. she was, okay. do you have a word count in mind when you write? Yes. Easy answer is yes. So are, are you talking um, full book or just daily? Oh, I Me? assume she meant. I'm, I assume she meant like when you sit daily. down, to write, like, do you have a daily word count target? But yeah, and what, what is it? What is it, ladies? I definitely do, but you got to get like the math skills. You got to take. Yeah. Okay, if I'm going to write a 50k <laughs> book and take out my calendar, and then I cross off the days I can't write, and then say, okay, I got to write 2k a day, 2k a day, 2k a day. Mm -hmm. That's usually how you I use Scrivener. I yeah. can't. Do you script? I have before. I have before. I don't anymore. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It tells me how many to write. <laughs> so, I didn't explore it enough because I keep hearing yeah. about it. It it can be as easy or as complicated as you want it to be. Um, but there's a new program out that really? I don't know if you guys heard of Atticus. Mm -mm. So it's a writing program yeah. by um, yeah Dave Chesson who does Kindlepreneur and it's supposed to oh. do like formatting, plotting. It's supposed to take like all these different programs that that you might use and put it all together in one. So he's he's got it out for beta. I I bought it and downloaded it and it doesn't have all the features that that I would you know that I need in order to replace like the other three programs I use. Um, they're not all there yet but I think they're coming, so. So is it easier to compile? Because I think with Scrivener, my biggest problem is compiling from, um, because by the time it gets to RTF, it's just all kinds of jacked up and I have to go through and like fix the formatting and fix the M dashes and on all that crap. Um, I, haven't I, I haven't tried to compile in it yet. Yeah. Okay. There are ways to fix that in Scrivener. I, I, think I know there are, and I keep trying, and stuff but, like that, but it's not super intuitive. And I got Scrivener for dummies. And so I probably should read that, you know, <laughs> a little bit more. Me too. And my, I love the dummy yeah. book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh we have more. 
We have more questions. Lolo, oh, Lolo do you yes. have a word count in mind? We digress as usual. Yeah, we do. Um, do you have a word count in mind when you write? I'm cursed as at being an overwriter. I overwrite everything and it's like, it's just virgins. It just oozes out. And I'm always trying to pull back, pull back. And I didn't mean for my first book to be 100K. I thought, oh, 50K, 60K. Holy cow. I couldn't believe it. You know, it, it just got up there. I don't know. So and how so, much can you write in one day then with that kind of like need to write? How much do you write well, in a day? The first one took me a long time, it, you know, because I didn't know what I was doing, my first novel and all that. So it took me a couple, I don't know, 18 months, I think, from first word to finish. And I timed myself on the second one. And um, it took me exactly three months to draft and then three months for editing and revising and all that in the back and forth with my editor. Mm -hmm. Um and I, you know, I, I want to write like three books a year, but it's just so hard for me right now to do that. Yeah. 2,000 words a day is what I aim for, like Heather, 2K a day. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Dawn, I just want to say that you challenged Karen to ask some questions. She did. Now we have like three minutes left, and, and Karen has dumped about 15 questions on me. Okay, well, uh, pick and choose then. All right. Um, so let's see. I'm just going to go. Okay. Let's see. Do you have audiobooks? Do either one of you have audiobooks? Stop the questions, Karen, as a side note. We have enough. Thank you. We got some. got some. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I don't yet. I don't. It's not, not yet. We're exploring because both of you are indies, right? Mm-hmm. And that answers right. one of her other questions, actually. It does. See how I did that? I'm combining. Very um, good. And for those of you who are watching, as an ND, oftentimes you have to pay up front for the production of your books. And so that's why it can be, you know, kind of cost prohibitive for indies to get audiobooks out right away until they've got um, but the more books and ebooks that people buy, then the more likely it is that you'll have Yeah. The opportunity to to fund your audiobooks. Um, I have um every I have the all the gear in my Amazon cart to buy when I'm in Montana, so my husband and I can narrate my books. So Dawn, I mean, exactly. I promise, I promise. I'm super happy if that happens for you, but one hundred percent. I have it in my Amazon cart. To everyone who is watching and listening, that you have also for the past two and a half years promised that your husband was going to come on our show, and that hasn't happened yet. So it has. <laughs> Just you haven't seen his face. He likes to stay mysterious. Mm -hmm. So, so I will be very eager to listen to my first Dawn and Mister Dawn audio book production. But yeah, I'm just saying. People might not want to hold their breath and wait for that to happen because <laughs> it could be a couple of years. I'm well, now he has no excuse because I'm he, giving he's, you not, three. he's not getting deployed, so he has no excuse. So, right, right. yeah, yeah. No. All right, go ahead, go Hopefully for it. We will see the day. Um, we yeah. will. Karen, if you want to get hooked up with narrators, Karen, um, yeah, she knows. Karen has audio narrator connections. Um, let's see. Do you write any place besides a home office? Oh, yeah. I don't have a home office. 
<laughs> I wish. That's you a dream. Right at home, right? Yes. Office is kitchen table, yeah. your bed. Oh, wait. I got one of those spiffy new things where you like put, it's a flat desk and you put it on your lap. Lap desk? A lap desk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Makes me sound really stupid, but yes, I love it. <laughs> I have one too. Mine's pink. I got it from the thrift store. My husband says, stop telling everybody you get things from the thrift store. But I love it. <laughs> so Heather, if you wanted to reframe that, you could say that you have a mobile office. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can take your lap desk with you from the bedroom to the kitchen, to mm -hmm. the dining room, to the, you know, back yeah. room, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Lolo, do you write on your phone? Yes. No. All the time. Yes. I, so many people know, I've, do that. I, I just, I, I go don't ahead. Know. I wish I could. Now, are we talking typing or transcribing? Or like um, no, just dictating. typing. You know, I do it with one finger at a time. I'm not a thumber. I don't do thumbs. <laughs> I'm not coordinating them. So I just go like this. Well, no, and, I know. Um, 18 months to write your first book, honey. I know. <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know. I, well, I'm trying to train myself to do this speak dragon thingy, you know, where you just talk your words, but I can't think fast enough to do that. I mean, my brain, you know, I can't do that. I've tried it. It just doesn't work. I have to do the this. I have know. to be in the zone, and I can't be in the zone if I'm talking to my my phone. I have to be like seeing the words, like the words from my brain come to the words on the screen, and that's. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I would challenge you if you say you can't. I mean, I think you can, but I think what is super awkward is it's really hard at first. Um, I've done some dictating and and I think it's really awkward and slow at first, and I don't like it as much as I like typing. But I think just like when you start typing a story, you know, it's like the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the more yeah. you know, clear it becomes. So. Because I've heard some people, yeah. that, you know, they'll go for an hour-long walk and they've written or, you know, spoken their 5,000 words for the day and like that. It so, used to be, you know, it used to be, oh, God, I got to go to the DMV. Well, now I'm like, oh, I get to go to the DMV because then I can write. I have, you know, I hope I hope a longer line. <laughs> That's funny. I All just right. want to say, I feel like this whole uh, episode has just been full of challenges. Like I challenged Karen and now you're challenging us. Ooh. But with that, you know, we are three minutes over. So mm -hmm. we are going to say goodbye, but um, keep a lookout for Lolo and Heather's giveaways on the page. Mm -hmm. And it will not be pinned at the top because apparently Facebook hates us mm -hmm. and um, does not want us to be able to pin things currently <laughs> so. our, our pinability our pinability has been removed right now but you yeah. know what i'm gonna go um i will go comment on that post to bump it to yeah. the top so that yeah. it is at the top so make sure that you stop by the facebook page and we will leave that open through sunday night as usual and it looks like heather has something to show us yeah oh this is what i'm giving away yay oh yay oh very good Whiskey yeah, and honey. Oh, Alaska Inferno. I gravitate towards um, Heather's titles because I'm working on my whiskey series and yes, yeah. some really good um, 
drink titles on her books. It's okay because I'm gravitating toward Lolo's titles because I miss Alaska and Montana. So oh. we're even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Lee Kennedy and I are sharing a signing table at 20 Books Vegas in November. Oh, oh yay. So I'm so excited for that. It'll be so fun. Yeah. That will be perfect. A blast. That exciting. table will be on fire. Like a yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wow, Don. And it's late for you. That's impressive. Actually, very impressive. Very, Thank you. It's very impressive that you were able to make a joke so late in the broadcast. Good yeah, and two two glasses of wine in. I'm really proud of myself. Yeah, so this time Dawn is usually like trying to keep her eyes open so. like this because she gets up so early and she's on the East Coast. So uh -huh. we're later there. I would like to point out that's only going to happen next week or next broadcast because after that, when I come back, I will be at 7 p.m. You're going to be so yeah. screwed up. Oh. I am, but I'm going to be earlier and I'm going to be like, oh, Dylan, are you tired? Are you tired? Yeah. Well, maybe you'll hop on because you'll have to be giving your kids dinner by the time we start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all works out. So yeah. thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Heather and Lolo. It's been a blast talking to you. And we will see you next time. Anything else, Dawn? Nope, not that I can think of. So, all right. And just keep an eye out for our guests next. Uh, is it on the 22nd? I can't. The, it would be, um, I, well, you're going to make me do math. Yeah, it is the 22nd. Oh, 22nd. I'm right. Yes. <laughs> my head. I'm on fire. I really am. The 22nd. Um, <laughs> keep an eye out for our next show on the 22nd. And um, it was great being able to talk to you all today. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, you guys. Bye. It was Bye. so much Thank fun. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers. <laughs>